0: And um hope hoping to be a help to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. Just to give you a little bit of background before we get here, the Apostle Paul um, has spent a few moments here prior to this passage Um expressing the fact that though he, and, and there are things that he had to glory in, and to kind of pride himself in, that he uh, would not do so. Um, in fact, if you take a minute and look with me in verse number 2 of chapter 12, he says, "...I knew a man in Christ above fourteen years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, such an one caught up to the third heaven." And a lot of people believe that even though he refers to this knowing of a man, that it was the Apostle Paul himself that he was referring to. And he says, "I knew such a man, whether in the body uh, or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself will I not, I will not glory, but in my infirmity." So Paul, uh, Paul certainly. A, of all the people that we know in the New Testament that could pride himself on who he was and what God had done with his ministry, Paul would have been one of the men that would have battled pride, I think. Um, It's one of those things that we all battle, don't we? We all battle our pride. And he, of all people, he he was uh, one of the most educated men. He was from a very affluent family. Um, He was a Jew and yet was also a Roman citizen, which was very rare in those days. Uh, he had studied at the feet of Gamaliel, who was one of the great teachers of that day. Uh, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Um, and uh, he talks about even the things that after he had gotten saved, the things that he had suffered for the Lord Jesus Christ and how he had to continued to remain steadfast. And Paul was one of these men that could easily have allowed his pride, his arrogance to get the best of him. And uh, as we get to verse number 7, Paul writes this, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And we'll give you several lessons from the thorn that is spoken of here in the Apostle Paul's life. (coughs) First of all, (coughs) excuse me, first of all, I want to make sure that we understand and know this, that a thorn, while it is never pleasant, may be needful in our lives. The thorn, though never pleasant, may be needful in our lives. I I think sometimes, I, I know I tend to be this way, and I think a lot of people are, that when we get something that we consider a thorn in our life, or things are not going the way we expected them to, or... Or a problem arises, we oftentimes think, "Well, this can't be God's will. This can't be right. Uh, it's certainly not something that's helpful." And I think it would do us well sometimes to pause for a moment when these things come into our life, and actually look at it through some eyes of the of the Bible and Scripture, and find out: Is this a thorn? Is this a is this an, a a circumstance in life? that while it isn't pleasant to go through, is a needful thing for me. I look back in my life at a number of things that God has um, brought me through. Now, whether he intended for them to happen or not, I won't know till I get to heaven what his purposes are. Some of them could have been things that were just consequences of my own foolish decisions and actions, and I was just paying the price for that. But God was able to bring me through those things. And in looking back at some of those things, <coughs> I did not have control over. And I look at those and I think, well, those were things that God allowed into my life and were difficult things to go through, things that at the time I was going through them, I thought, this cannot be God's will. It cannot be something that He has that's going to help me in any way. And I did not see the value in it. But on the backside of it, having come through it and seeing God's hand of faithfulness and God's strength, <coughs> and even his encouragement to bring me through some of it, there were things I could look back on and actually rejoice in the hindsight at what God had done through that incident. And so I would say this, and a lot of times, I, I'm not trying to get you to put on the rose-colored glasses and think that everything is great and, and there's never any sorrow or any pain. There certainly is no doubt that, that Paul suffered from this. In fact, he speaks about the fact that this thorn uh, of the flesh was given to him, and he made this statement. He said that it was a messenger of Satan to buffet him. The idea that it was just, he felt like he was being buffeted around by this thing. And some people say, well, what was the thorn? And, and, And I'll tell you this, the thorn doesn't matter what it was. I know some people say, well, it was uh, his, his personal appearance, or uh, maybe it was a, a speech impediment that he had. Or some a, a lot of people speculate what this thorn in the flesh is. The Bible tells us what it is. It was, a, it was a messenger of Satan that was sent to buffet him. That's all we know of it. And that's all we need to know of it, because the lessons we learn from it are the, are the important thing. This thorn in the flesh was given to the Apostle Paul. So don't think that every single trial of life is simply there by circumstance. Certainly we can bring things on ourselves by poor decisions. There's no doubt about that. We can reap the price of our sin, and there's no doubt about that. But there are some things that God does bring into our lives, or at least allow to happen in our lives, that He could restrain from happening in our lives, that are there for our good. Now, Paul mentions this twice in this passage. Look with me in verse number 7. He starts by saying this, "...and lest I should be exalted above measure." Now, we find it there for a moment, and then we find as we go down <coughs> in verse number, the bottom of verse number 7, we find the same, the same phrase, "...lest I should be exalted above measure." Paul bracketed this thorn in the flesh this this debilitating thing, this thing that was sent to buffet him, he brackets both sides of it saying, this was given to me in order to keep me from being exalted above measure. In other words, to bring humility to me, to make sure that I didn't think of myself more highly than I ought to think. So the first lesson I would tell us that we need to understand is that while a thorn is never pleasant, it does not mean that it is not needful. And from time to time when these things come into our lives, we need to examine them and say, Lord, is this something that is is me reaping my poor decision? Or is this something that you're doing in my life to bring me to a place that I need to go? And we need to analyze things from that perspective. We need to look at them from a biblical and a scriptural perspective. Number two, not all thorns are intended to oppress us. Not all thorns are intended to oppress us. There certainly are times that Satan will come and attack us and try to get us to uh, be shaken in our faith. There are times he's going to try to come and bring discouragement, try to get us to quit, try to get us to walk away from the things of the Lord because of how, thing, how bad things are in our life. And there's no doubt Satan does that. And as he smells the blood in the water, so to speak, and he feels a wounded person, he's going to come even harder at him, And he's going to try even harder to get them to, to fall. And that's when we got to come to this place and realize that, Lord, I need some deliverance from this. So the question comes up then, how do I know if this thorn is a messenger of Satan that's been given to me to buffet me and and, and to benefit me in some way, or how do I know when it's Satan actually oppressing me and trying to to deal with me? There's only one thing that I know that it looks like the Apostle Paul did here, uh, that I know to do to determine, is this something that Satan is just coming at me on, or is this something that is a benefit to me, and I need to endure it with patience and rejoice in it. And here's here's the only thing I know to do, and this is what the Apostle Paul did. Look what he says in verse number 8. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Now the only thing I can gain from this, because of the context of the passage, is that God responds to this prayer with... And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. In other words, Paul, I'm not taking it away. And so the only way I know to tell you to know whether this is an oppression of Satan is trying to get you to quit and trying to destroy you, or whether this is a thorn that is being allowed in your life for growth to help draw you closer to the Lord, to strengthen you in some way, is to pray and say, Lord, can you remove this thorn? And if it is not removed and you have come with with the heart that you've made sure you're not just reaping the justification of a sinful thing or a wrong decision, but there's no apparent reason for the thorn, and you've prayed and asked for it to be removed, one of two things will happen. He'll either remove it if, if Satan is oppressing you with it, or he'll give you the strength to go through it if he's trying to build you into something new. So the reason this was here, it was given to, it was at least allowed by God into Paul's life, and was there for a purpose, lest he should be exalted above measure. And so, even though Paul prayed three times, God said, "I'm not going to take it away." And then He tells Paul that His grace, or His strength, is made perfect in that weakness. So uh, thorns may be used by God for His purposes. So don't just automatically assume when when problems come into your life, and I. I know that's my tendency, uh, and probably yours. That when th- Boy, I, I don't know how many times I've come to a prayer meeting. Boy, Satan's been really after me today. Well, maybe it wasn't Satan after me today. Maybe God was after me today. Maybe I need to stop and consider that sometimes. Maybe he's trying to get me in, in some way to, to pay more attention to him or to grow in him or to, to rest in him more, to have more faith in him. And so be careful just automatically assuming that every trial of life is there because Satan is coming after you. It may not be. All right, number four. Uh, just sh- I just shared that one with you already. How do you know whether it's the thorn of, the, of, the, uh, of benefit or whether it's a thorn of, of, of oppression? And the, and the answer to that is pray for its removal. If it's not removed, then rest in God's grace. If it is removed, then you understood that that was an oppression of Satan that was come to try to destroy you and try to try to hurt you in that way. Okay. By the way, if it is known sin and you're reaping the results of it, and God doesn't remove it, that's not just Satan's oppression; that's you reaping what you sowed. Okay. So be very careful in that, in that discernment, understanding that. All right. The next lesson from the thorn. We can rejoice in the thorn. Once it is determined to be God's purpose for our life, we can rejoice. Now look what it says here. As we get down to verse number uh, 9, he says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made what? Perfect in weakness. In other words, it's going to be growing more and more. It's going to be maturing. It's going to be becoming what it should be in your life. You're going to be resting in God's strength more and more. Then he goes on to say in verse number 9, most What's the next word here? Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why, Paul? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. And here we see a contrast. And don't miss the contrast. The contrast is the suffering of the thorn. And the power of Christ. Which one do we value the most? Boy, what a thought. The suffering of the thorn and the power of Christ, which one do I value most? Paul says, I will gladly, I will gladly rejoice in the thorn so that I can have the power of Christ. I tell you, the power of Christ ought to be all of it. Most gladly will I endure, most gladly will I bear the unpleasantness of the thorn. If it means I gain the power of Christ. Oh, to have His presence, to have His maturing in my life, to have His growth in my life. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You say, Pastor, it's hard, it's hard when the thorn is there to rejoice, to be glad about it. Not when you realize what you gain from it. Not when you realize that it's, the, it's through the thorn that we get the power of Christ that we can rest in. And so I have a choice to make. Do I long more for the power of Christ? If so, I may have to suffer the thorn. Or do I just want relief from the thorn? and miss out on the power of Christ. So we can rejoice in the thorn if we determine it to be God's purpose. Next, the recognition of our weakness through the thorn is going to cause God's strength to be made perfect in our lives. Paul goes on to say this in verse number 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. That statement that Paul makes is, is a statement that is assuming that it is through Paul's continued diminished weakness that Christ's strength can be made more and more perfect in him. And that the weaker Paul becomes, the stronger Christ becomes in Paul. He goes on to say in verse number 11, I am become a fool in glorying. You have compelled me, for I ought not to have been been commended of you. For in nothing I am behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Of all the men who could have bragged and boasted of his accomplishments as an apostle, Paul, I believe in, in hindsight, looking back, is one of the great apostles. And yet in his eyes, in verse number 11, he says, Though I be nothing. Can I tell you this? In Paul's life it seems that the thorn accomplished its work. The thorn accomplished its work. How often I wonder God allows a thorn in our lives And because we don't understand it to be a thorn that was given to us, because we don't understand it to be the working of God in our lives, we miss out on the work of the thorn. We lose the thing that God so intended for us to gain from it. And so there are a couple things I would encourage you in. First of all, don't look at every thorn as being Satan coming after you. Don't look at every thorn circumstance of life that seems to be troubling you as something that Satan is, is coming after you about. It could very well be that God is doing something in your life to bring you to a place. Secondly, find out which one it is. And you need to do that early on. Find out which one it is. Pray. Lord, there's this thorn. Lord. If Satan's oppressing me with it, if he's coming after me with it, deliver me from it. I don't enjoy it. Take it away. And if it persists, then say, Lord, I'm going to rest in your grace. Teach me through it what you want me to learn. And thirdly, we need to learn to rejoice in it. Once it is known to be of God, we need to learn to rejoice in it. I fear a lot of times when I preach, I preach on how to deal with problems in life and when troubles and trials come our way. And sometimes we don't give the thought that there are some trials, there are some burdens, there are some valleys that God brings us through. When Jesus was in His earthly ministry just at the onset as He was beginning His work, the Bible said that He was led of the Holy Spirit. Out into the wilderness. For what purpose? To be tempted of Satan. There are times that God leads us to places that may not be the thing that we look at and say, well, I think that's where God would have me. But there's always a lesson to be learned from it. There are men of Scripture that we could go time and time and time through their lives and find how God brought them to certain places. Realizing, boy, I I never thought I'd ever be here. I'll be real frank with you. While I love pastoring Keith Heights Baptist Church, and I love our church people here, I can't picture or fathom being somewhere other than here. I love this place, and I know I'm where God has me. But if you had asked me 15 years ago if I ever thought God would move me from the ministry I was in at the time, I would have said, there's no way. I'm exactly where God wants me to be. And God brought some things into my life. And I'm going to tell you, I would have never dreamed that I would be where I'm at today. I would have never dreamed even in my own personal life and things that I've learned in the last 15 years going through some difficult times that I would have known the things that I know now. And I'll be honest with you, I hated, some of you that know some of what I went through, I hated those times. And they were painful and they hurt. And there were times I wanted to throw my hands up and say, Lord, I'm done. But I'm so glad that He taught me some things and He led me through some things. And I've gotten to the place now where my prayer is this. Lord, help me to learn without having to go through them. Because sometimes that's the only way He knows He can get through to us. And wouldn't it be far better if before He brings that thorn in the flesh to us, before He has to rake us over the coals to get us where He wants us sometimes, that we would just have a yielded will to Him and say, Lord, teach me. Just teach me. I'm an open vessel. I want to learn, I want to know. And I don't want to have to go through the thorn. But Lord, if it comes, teach me to rejoice in it. Teach me to most gladly, therefore, glory in it. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Don't look at every thorn as Satan coming after you. Analyze it. Find out from God's Word, is this Satan buffeting me? Or is this God doing something in my life? And once you've established that, embrace it, rejoice in it, rest in the grace that God gives you. And He'll give you the endurance. He'll give you the endurance. And He'll teach you that which you need to learn. Let's stand together. Father, I pray that You'd help us. Just a simple message this afternoon on the thorn. Lessons from the thorn. Lord, not every thorn is from Satan. Not every thorn is from our foolish